from the top of the charts to the dusty $1 bin and everything in between, it's time for another review on Life to Labyrinth. It'll be fine. Well, welcome to another episode of Life to Labyrinth podcast. My name is Bryn. I'm Angie. And this week, we have been joined by another Rent-A-Steven in the form of our friend Rob, who we've known for years and years. And one of my favorite things about the friendship I have with Rob is that Angie keeps forgetting it exists. Oh, I hoped you wouldn't bring it up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I have this friend Rob. Bryn's like, yeah, I know Rob. And then Rob was like, yeah, Brynn and I have hung out without you. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) Not not in a long time, admittedly. Our our friendship has been entirely social media-based, non-communicative for probably the last, most of the last 10 years. Yes, we we are each other's friend. Rob is far more vibrant in my life. We live maybe six blocks, six generous blocks away from each other. <laughs> but you know, I think I think Bryn and I have communicated in other ways, like in social media, you know, liking each other's things. And we also think thoughts which go out into the universe and maybe they collide. We so. have the kind of friendship where we only need to talk once every 10 years and we just pick right back up. It's as if nothing has changed. That's a good vibe of friendship. You have a mustache now, which I think is the biggest change. But it's yes. the biggest change since the last time I spoke to you in a in a visual way. But your social media posts have reflected the mustache addition to your family. <laughs> also known as the tickler. Ooh, oh, nice. <laughs> hot. The tickler is a little less dirty than the flavor saver. All right. So this week we have been listening to a pick of Angie's, some random, random artist that she pulled out of the sky, <laughs> never heard before. What have you forced into our lives? What, what's, what, what have we been listening to? Aren't you impressed with me that I've been on the show for X amount of time and we haven't listened to David Usher or Moist yet? I thought you'd be impressed that we've waited this long. It was longer than I thought it would be, I'll admit. Thank you, thank you. I knew that you'd both heard Moist to death and possibly some of David Usher's solo stuff. But what I chose for this week is David Usher, uh, lead singer from Moist, his very first solo album, Little Songs. I adored this album when it came out. I was also in grade eight. (laughs) It was recorded in his kitchen. So it's very lo-fi, adorable. But I thought it would be something interesting for you guys to listen to because very recently, Rob and I went to a Moist show and fucking did it up. (laughs) How recently? Like 2019 recently? Right before the everything shut down, I believe it was like two months before, we were at a we were at a moist show doing it up. We were at a moist show and the show was moist in humidity. Oh my god, remember the guy in front of us that was ripping those awful farts the whole time and I kept trying to guess what he had <laughs> eaten? I was like, this is broccoli! This is broccoli! It was awful. Oh my god. Wow, I I have no planned response to that. (laughs) It didn't ruin my experience, but 
I like as everyone who knows me knows I became a diehard moist fan moist gal if you will in high school and apparently started in grade eight and it seems to you have you started me becoming around. a moist gal since grade yeah, eight yeah I mean like puberty moist gal I guess it makes mm. sense I don't know a little bit I was gonna ask if we were just gonna get all these out of the way at the beginning <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just get her done. Okay. But first of all, I'm curious to know if either of you knew about this album or had ever heard of it. Rob, you're the guest. Feel free to chime in. Anytime. Just just interrupt, by the way. That that's the rule. Just just interrupt and we'll clean it up afterwards. Just go ahead. Well, yeah, I'm host. Okay. I had never heard of this album before. And then I listened to the whole thing ten minutes ago. And uh, no, I'm just joking. It's just impressive. It's a 30 minute album. <laughs> skip, skip. I listened, <laughs> I listened to the whole thing on the weekend and I refreshed my memory today. And then I listened to it again when I was doing dishes after dinner while making dinner. And it was just super like chill. And um, I loved how, you know, I was surprised because when I looked it up after, it came out in 98. It says, and then I was like, oh, interesting. It says rock pop. Maybe that's David Usher's like genre, but it sounds more to me like a folk album. It sounds intimate and like lo-fi, like Angie said, and it sounds really hushed and quiet. And like the first three songs like brought me in right away. I loved Trickster, loved like the chorus of like the childlike sounding people. And then I liked Jesus Was My Girl. I liked Unholy, Dirty and Beautiful, Okay. But then we get into Forest Fire and I'm like, it sounds like lounge music from some swanky club in the 90s. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here, David? <laughs> like, what is going on? It sounds so bad. And then Holy, Dirty, and Beautiful was kind of like, wah, wah, wah. and then the rest is forgettable up until nine for me, because they all blend into one kind of, one little bit, like kind of background, whatever. And then Mood Song kind of ties it together nicely, but the first three songs for me were super powerful and I loved them. And then the rest were little songs, like I thought the album was called. <laughs> All right, well, you just buttoned up the whole episode in about two minutes. And nice to see everyone. Thank Sweet. you. Sweet, this, this will be Bye-bye. the easiest editing job I've ever done. <laughs> no, it's awesome, it's awesome. No, it's, don't, no, not to worry. No, it's perfect. It's exactly <laughs> perfect. Bryn, thoughts? Yeah. I thought I think you might be a little less impressed with how I felt about it. I felt most of it was pretty meh. I listened it wasn't until I listened to it a few times that I really started to connect with it in any way, shape, or form. I'm gonna echo what Rob said about Trickster. I think the ambience of the of that song really grew on me as as I listened to it, you know, three, four times. There was parts of it in the middle that kind of reminded me of a John Lennon White Album era song. And I think it's just sort of the way the acoustic guitar was sort of written and stuff like that. I have notes. I actually made notes, Angie, on, on these songs. And so <laughs> so I can, I don't know if you want me to blast through them like Rob did, but I'm sure I, made, why don't... <laughs> I made no notes today, even though it's kind of my pitch because I can rhyme off anything you want to know about David Usher with the help of a Wikipedia page close by. Well, we'll see. I might have some trivia for you Did I just, like, completely run my mouth? No, you totally did it right. Or there's no, like, there's no right or wrong. No, it was was a great summary. Thanks for never inviting me back. Yep, you're done. Uh... I will 100%... Bryn, I want to hear all your notes for the songs. I just want to quickly say the front half of this album is so much more spectacular than the 
last half. I'm 100% with you. Forest Fire was really special for me because it was a single and I remember being in my parents' basement and just having the radio casually on and this coming on and me being like, oh my god! I was so excited. Not my favorite song in the world, but I just remember how excited I was to hear this come on the radio. But for me, St. Lawrence River Jesus was my girl, Unholy, Dirty, and Beautiful. It was just as a rocker girl it was nothing that I was had super been listening to in the past and this was very different for David to do and for Moist's fans to kind of get into but I thought it was very daring some of the earlier songs in the album considering he was still sort of riding high on the on the Moist train then like I guess Creature was what 93 I don't know this was a big turn to take and I agree with you 100% Rob that like by the sixth song, you're like, okay. And what I also noticed for myself is it didn't make me as excited to listen to as it used to. So perhaps it has not aged spectacularly. Okay, Bryn, break it down for me, go. Uh, so by the time this album came out in what, 97? Silver and Creature had both been released by Moist. Yes, so Creature was probably 93? 96. 96. And Silver was 94. Okay. So let me pull my notes back up again now that I've changed what's on my screen. <laughs> so I don't have like super tons of notes. I just sort of jotted down a couple of, of points. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, what's this word I've mistyped? It's the word edit. It's the word edit, but I spelt it E-I-T-I. Yeah, well, they're they're, they're I was like, What's an edit? What's an edit? <laughs> I hope you're not an editor for a living. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> so trickster. Yeah, I kind of covered that. St. Lawrence River. What I had was there's a really rather sharp edit after the cool little guitar intro, and I really found that to be noticeable. It's like he recorded that, and he's like nailed it, and then he did the rest of the song, and he didn't really match the levels. Interesting. Too much. Because I'm a dick like that. I, I find like production things I'd want to change. And yeah, <laughs> and I think this would be the album you'd find it on because it was recorded in his kitchen, possibly by like one other, like with the help of nobody. Also, sorry to interrupt, Dave, but just to, just to name the fact that the production part, I don't think it was that huge budget because he's holding up a picture of a fish. <laughs> in the middle of a street and it's out of focus <laughs> I mean nailed it for me that's where he signed it when I met him but I'll tell that story after carry on go I ahead I just gotta say if, if something doesn't say budget like that I don't know what does <laughs> so yeah that was my thoughts on St. Lawrence River I guess that was a single too it has far and away the most Spotify plays I love that song Jesus Was My Girl I found all the vocals on the right channel was super distracting Oh, yeah. And I found that the acoustic guitar over his cool little drum loop didn't really fit. I would have much preferred he throw on like a synthesizer, a keyboard, or an electric guitar with some f effects on it. I don't know. They, they had this really cool drum loop happening, and then the acoustic guitar just didn't match stylistically. So again, more like production choice things. And I understand now that I didn't realize that he'd recorded this in his kitchen. So obviously he was using what he had available well, to him. But you now don't you feel better. like a dick. No, I'm kidding. Well, not, not especially. I mean, I recognize that this was made in the 90s, and recording and editing are a little easier these days. Yeah. Hence the mm. overflow of podcasts everywhere and YouTube artists and SoundCloud rappers. But I think with someone who probably had the financial backing of two massive albums through Moist. Massive Canadiana massive. Like, he lives in an apartment in Montreal. Like, let's get a grip, everyone. What does massive yeah, mean? Four-time platinum and three-times platinum for Creature and Silver, respectively. I mean, wow. Like, I didn't realize and we're that. talking like, and they would have had successful tours, like even if they were just in Canada at that, like that, those are big numbers. 
And in the 90s, those big numbers meant pretty good royalties. So is what you're saying, Brian, that he shit the bed? <laughs> what? Is what you're saying that David shit the bed? Well, I think maybe he obviously was going for a different sound than they do on Moist. And he wanted to like Paul McCartney it where he did it all at his house himself, which is totally fair. But I feel like he probably could have afforded to get himself a Casio and maybe like a Squire Fender Stratocaster with a couple of pedals. So anyway, that's just me being a dick. <laughs> I have released exactly zero music and have sold none of them. So <laughs> I recognize that David Usher certainly has a lot more feathers in his cap than I do. Does he play an instrument, David Usher? Or does he sing? I think he sings. He definitely no, he, 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 If you check out his Wikipedia, it does say that he plays... It says he plays guitar and keyboards on Wikipedia. So I would suspect if he made this entirely himself, he's probably done all the keyboard and acoustic guitar work on it. But I didn't, I didn't, there's not, again, because it's a, a solo album of a Canadian artist, there's not a whole lot of like personnel information on it. And unless Angie has the physical album that would list that kind of information, oh my God, which I, I'm sure she does. I do, I, I didn't bring it out. Crack it out. If you have it handy, this would be an opportune time to start speaking to those things. But let's, if we go up. It's under a hundred things. I know where it is. Don't worry about it. So if we go under the assumption that he did it all himself, then he would have done the guitar, I guess. And I am surprised how sticky you are about all the production value, considering it is a Canadian. Well, when solo. you said the words, who I don't know who said it was lo-fi. That, that actually struck a chord with me, yes, because that term totally, from what I understand, describes a lot of music coming out at that time. Like when I think lo-fi, I think like any man, I think of like indie, I think of like grungy era of like rock and yeah, that quieter, that kind of more mellow sound. I don't know, like I think I think of those artists from that time who were like, like Amy Mann published her own, uh, that first uh, Dodo album. I think uh, she released it on her own website and she, and she had all of these views in her, uh, use downloads independently released instead of going through a major record label and selling the traditional way that might have been 2000 okay. but still i think when i think of lo-fi I, I think of that kind of like an indie artist feel and what Bryn is saying is that like david usher at this point wasn't just indie he had a huge backing and he had platinum selling numbers yeah even if so. he recorded it himself i would think that unless he mastered it himself you know, to have like to have all the vocals in Jesus was my girl on one channel. Mm. You know, was that was that a choice that they made, or was that maybe him trying to do the mastering himself and him mm. not really being a hundred percent? You know, this maybe he was learning a lot when he did this. He, you know, but like those kind of things, I find as a listener, especially as someone that primarily listens to music through headphones now, mm -hmm. because of pandemic, I'm not doing a lot of driving anymore which is where I would normally listen to music. Listen, having like a song on headphones where like the singing, all the vocals are just glued to one channel. Huh. Uh, it's not a great listening experience. That's and so, so interesting. I I'm totally willing to like cut him some slack. I think he's, you know, a perfectly fine artist. And I think Moist is a good band and everything. And I, I have nothing again, you know, if he was, this was his first effort out and he just wanted to give it a shot and just have some fun in his house because he had like some downtime and had these songs and they didn't, mm -hmm. didn't really know what to do with them otherwise, then like, sure, awesome. No hard That totally sounds like what I was thinking. What you said is that he had some songs and maybe didn't know what to do with them that were starting around. To me, it sounds almost like a B-side album. It sounds like a little collection of like songs that maybe he had been ruminating on for a while, but he didn't quite know how to fit them together. And that also 
strikes true with how I felt about listening to the album. Like some albums I find are cohesive and they have this like super, like super cohesive flow, like an art gallery when all the paintings talk to each other, right? And then when I listen mm-hmm. to this, I'm like, they each, like the first three kind of flow really well. And then it gets a little bit odd musically and different. Uh, and then by Forest Fire and then Baby Skin Tattoo, I'm like, okay, this is like something doesn't fit. And then I don't know, just I, that's, it makes me think that like it wasn't cohesive maybe as musically as I, I would have loved. And maybe that's because mm-hmm. it was a little hodgepodge collection of these like little songs that he just, what you know was collecting he didn't know what to do with it definitely i agree with you it feels like it was his first chop at trying to create his own sound and i think that it's cool that we hear like this crazy shit that he's playing with to try and get his own sound because Mm. up until this point he's moist he's david he's like the rocker with the beautiful hair that i could dream about all day long and so this is him kind of <laughs> I know, right? I will tell you, Jesus was my girl. I don't notice that at all when I listen to it anymore, but I need those songs in my life to tell me which speaker isn't working because I have speaker <laughs> issues and there are full songs where I'm playing them on record and I'm like, where the fuck are the vocals? And I'm like, out of the wire. So those those are really fun to play on my system because it's just quiet. And you're like, what? <laughs> Why do I only hear myself sing? It's like bicycle race. You know, like the back and forth is just, <laughs> oh, it's gone. I want to ride my, I yeah. want to <laughs> It's like this call and response of nothing or a whole, anyways. Yeah, I can see that. It can be annoying. Can I just say I love David Usher and I, will, I would make out with him if I encountered him. I would um, remove my pants. And if, he, and if it wasn't harassment and like assault, if he like came on to me, like I wouldn't say no. And John right. Rob and I. He's on your list. Rob and I actually met David Usher like five years ago. It showed up in my memories like last week um, because he released- When you say met, it's kind of casual. Like we met him on the street. We just were hanging out. No, but we went to hear him talk about his new book on creativity because he has an AI company and he wrote a book that I think was good. I don't remember anything, but I read it. And Sounds great. Yeah, and then we went to go meet him, and I made a joke. I'm wearing my leather jacket, which I can't even put on my finger right now. We're all fat. <laughs> oh, my God. I tried to put it on, and I was like, I don't need to move my arms, right? No need. No need. <laughs> Look how tough I am. <laughs> T-Rexing, basically. <laughs> but Rob and I said something, and as we go to take the photo, I make a st- we make a stupid joke together, as we do all day long, and he starts laughing, and the picture is him kind of laughing at our joke and nothing made me more happy than for my David to laugh at some little funny thing that we said it was adorable I can't read it what does it say oh, okay I tried to be all subtle using our video chat it's called let the elephants run unlock your creativity and change everything man I wish oh. I had that book and I hadn't lent it to someone because I feel like I should read that again but it was so it was so sweet to have him kind of laugh at a joke that we... What did we say? I don't remember. We were just being our funny, quirky selves where we're like a comedy duo and everything's like, mah, mah, and we said something and he was like, ha, ha, and it was it was amazing. But a little... And you, and you, you kind of sidled up to him. You, I remember that. You oh, kind we of were touching. He put his arm around me, I think. He had his arm around you. And I remember thinking when artists were allowed to touch people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would. No hover hand. I would have accepted I everything. Thinking, oh my God, Angie is in heaven right now. And then the next thought on my mind was lawsuit. 
<laughs> but I I can't remember the full story about this album, but I every year my family, my whole family was from from Montreal. Every year we would go to Montreal fairly often. I thought this was maybe a Boxing Day trip, but whatever. My favorite thing to do, and I would always beg my parents to take me to the three-story HMV on St. Catharines, downtown. This was like my Mecca. This was my favorite thing to do. And just by chance, I went, and I think I might have been specifically going to pick up this album if I was that organized. But as we got there, there was a poster saying David Usher was gonna be signing that night. And oh. we drove, I like had a panic attack, <laughs> cried and begged my parents because we would go all the way back to Dorval and then come back that night or whatever. And of course, my parents were totally supportive of my insanity. And my whole family, me and my brother, there's pictures of us getting David Usher to sign our thing. And I'm like freaking out in tears. And my little brother's like, ah. So so young, just getting him to sign something, and just by chance, that was my first meeting with David. So I think this album always reminds me of that like crazy faded. Oh, I'm just gonna go get this album, and then and then having the chance to meet him when I was such a super fan. He's adorable. It's it's pretty hard to shake those kind of memories and, a, and an emotional attachment to to an album. Because I, I took it home to my grandmother's and just sat in the corner with my headphones listening. Like, imagine in grade A listening to David Usher talking, like, singing the song about fucking and canceling. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> just leave me say, alone. My, <laughs> my, my note for Baby Skin Tattoo is the line, circumcised myself, left me shook. <laughs> yeah. Yep. There's a lot of <laughs> sexual raw references that as a whatever, how old ever it was, grade 8 98, I was like whoa! <laughs> Sweet, David's hot. <laughs> I don't know what any of this is, but it sounds great. I'm interested. I love how it feels to my inner 14 year old girl. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Well, that's why it's called moist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Need your David Usher diaper. Well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do too, honey. I will tell you that he's put many more solo albums out that I totally lost track of because Morning Orbit maybe was the... Oh God, why didn't I look up this information? It doesn't matter. He had a lot of solo albums and I think the one or two after this totally lost me. It didn't have that same kind of sexual gritty raw feeling. It felt a lot more poppy and that it totally lost me. And I, I realized just before this that he did a, uh, did a cover of If You Tolerate This Then Your Children Will Be Next, which I love that song. And I got about 20 seconds into his version and turned it off and it was not good. But oh. I still love David. Did you just say it was not good? Oh, I, just, yeah. Something, not all bangers. something he did was not good? What are you saying? He has nine solo albums. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I can't believe those words just came out of your mouth. Nine solo albums and Moist has five studio That releases. was another thing. When and I have changed about 200,000 diapers from being so moist. <laughs> Rob and I, when we were at the concert, they were playing a couple songs and I'm like, what? I don't know these songs. And when I got home, there's a whole Moist album I was completely unaware of. And I thought that was rich because that happens all the time. We went to see Alt J and they were playing music from an album I totally skipped. 
Like, it's just a thing where I'm like, I know all the what is this? <laughs> I like how the Beatles had the White Album. Some other artists should just call their next album the Moist Album and just do a little nod. <laughs> and it should just be on the fo- on the the cover of the album. It should just be a diaper, just a wet diaper. <laughs> Angie's diaper. <laughs> just Angie winking. <laughs> I will tell you another funny story. I think you both also know that I was a, a nomad. I was I house sat for years. I basically lived out of yeah. a suitcase and looked after people's houses. And there was a big, beautiful house that Rob has been to outside of Clayton that we house sat. And his last name was Usher. And I remember meeting him for the first time. I said, you know what's really wild? <laughs> I am a crazy fan of this guy named David Usher. And he goes, that's my nephew. He goes, that's my brother's son. Yeah, David. I was like, oh my God. I'm not going to try and explain to you how big of a fan I am because I'm going to come across like a weirdo. You're not going to allow me into your home. (laughs) Yeah, we will not get this gig. (laughs) (laughs) So has he like sat anywhere in this house? Has he been here? Is there like a guest and just collect the hair? (laughs) Rob was making a lot of try to collect hair jokes. Make a doll. No big deal. But I will tell you, oh, uh, also it was his birthday last week. So happy 55th birthday, David. You're a beautiful fucking man for for any age. I don't care. God, he is gorgeous. He's 55? Fuck off. Yeah, he just turned 55. I'm 75. Yeah. He looks gorgeous. (laughs) I know. He looks better than I've ever looked in my life. So congratulations to him. He's got good genes. Damn it. He is totally Canadian music royalty, regardless of the solo album sidetracks. I don't think that the, any of them were massive, massive regardless hits. Regardless of same anything, way. we stay here. 100%. All of our clout and all of our musical, you know, experience yes. together. But, yes. You know, it's very clear that we have deemed him. He is though. He he grew up in Kingston with the tragically hip crew and Hugh Dillon from Headstones. Like they all went to high school at the same time. I would say that's a hotbed of Canadian music royalty. And I think I don't know. I think Moise is is '90s Canadian music royalty. And I love that they're back together and making songs that I may or may not like, but it doesn't matter. I love. Me too. And you're out there seeing, doing it. Seeing him live now, Angie, seeing him live with you, having the experience of the acoustic, you know, book signing and like him doing covers, like just acoustically with the guitar and his vocals. And then seeing Moist perform um, as a band and in full, like all of those songs orchestrated so well. And then after hearing this album, which I knew nothing about, I can honestly say, I just think that David Usher, like I thought David Usher before, seeing perform and everything was brilliant and now I'm just my mind is blown. Because like I, I just honestly think he's an amazing songwriter and has a beautiful voice and he's just so talented in terms of crafting all of these different songs. Like he's got hundreds of songs that he's written which are, you know, whether you like them or not, you have to give him kudos for just being an inventive and innovative artist. He's creating. So and he's creating stuff that people, you know, re- it, it resonates with them. Yeah, it, there is something to be yeah. said to keep on creating after X amount of years and just oh yeah, like never stop. He's always there's always obviously something going on in terms of music. Oh yeah, that's a special creative spirit, eh? It's like people who no one tells them to do it, but they're just like sitting in a room in their house writing songs or a book or drawing or like nobody's telling them to do it. They just have it in them and they have to get it out, and it's 
we are the better for it because for people like that. That's why I have my company sketchbook. Yeah. (laughs) And like we said in the Tears for Fears episode, and God bless the women that support them financially while they do those things. (laughs) Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I never, I guess I never really understand how much money Canadian musicians make especially the rock Canadian musicians because a lot of those don't hit it internationally. Like I'm not talking Alanis or Sarah McLaughlin. They're superstars, but it blew my mind when I saw that Rain Maida lived in Los Angeles in a house in the hills. I was like, who the, what the fuck? And I still am trying to put that together. Like David lives in a, probably like a townhouse in Montreal near Mount Royal, which is okay. But I, but Chantal, is it, I, but I, would, I would argue that those artists you're talking about, all of them are that golden era of the pre-Napster downloading time when the album sales really meant something and impacted their profits. And now Absolutely. bands don't make any money like post 2001 unless it's frigging tour. And it's all about the tour and how many shows can you squeeze into a weekend that's how they make their money in the album like royalties now for like people aren't even listening to broadcast radio first of all so i don't know who, who the fuck's on there but sorry fuckers you're, you're you missed the boat because we're making a podcast now for free um and you know like it's actually costing know, us money to do it yeah, <laughs> it's costing, yeah it's costing money to actually make it for all oh, that's yeah like, the irony that's funny um but you know what i mean just like post napster it's been harder and harder for artists to actually claim money off of their property you've had different artists like i said amy mann you had radiohead release stuff through their own streaming on their own website so that they can circumvent like the the third party or the distributor and you know like they're it's so threadbare like uh my friend um uh jackie was in this band called the balconies which is amazing and you know they had many albums and they got to tour internationally i don't know in terms of financial how well they were able to pull it off i mean it's none of my business what i'm saying is that something tells me that with a band of their talent and clout that you you would expect more like you know back in back in this time in the early 90s or early sorry late night late 90s early 2000s i think that they would have gone a lot further in their album sales and that Mm -hmm. would drive them to help get more exposure Whereas now it's, it must be so hard for indie artists to like break ground and make a living and uh, like just and not have to just tour until they're worked to the bone. Like I, I just don't see how they do it because I don't think they make any money off of their album sales these days. No, music these days is basically you release the album knowing that it's basically free. The album is basically promotional material now that like, much like this podcast, they pay for it or the art, the label pays for them to record an album. They put it out, make next to nothing on it, and then they go out and tour or they put, you know, they'll put videos on YouTube and they can make money that way. Certainly, they make money off of social media and ads. And but that's that's why so many of these bands and artists are hawking products now. That's how they make money. You think like the number, I think the number one album of 2020 was like the new Taylor Swift album. And just, I just took a quick look and without, well, yeah, but it it was the, apparently the best selling album of 2020 and it sold 1.2 million copies. And I I presume that's physical copies and that's nothing. That's, and you know what, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing and good for Taylor Swift and all the power to her. And personally. I think that she's lovely, 
I don't enjoy her music. I don't, I, you know what? I'm okay with being 37 almost. I, and, you know, and like liking my different, like obscure kind of like indie stuff. Like we're listening to David Usher or like stuff, stuff that was from my, I sound old uh, like generation, but there's still music now that's being created, which I love. What I'm, just, what I'm fucking saying is I can't fucking stand her and there's so much music I like more. Okay, the point I was trying to make is somebody as massive as Taylor Swift only sold 1.2 million albums. When you think back in the day, I remember right. watching the Behind the Music of Oasis or something like that, and their unsuccessful album that they were like, oh, we should have done it differently, we put it out too fast, it sold like 6 million? <laughs> And they were like, and that was their like, yeah, right. gee, we we really rushed that one out too soon after what's the story, Morning Glory. We didn't really have the songs. Like that was their embarrassment. We only sold six million. Totally, but uh, but her videos, like what I meant to say, was her videos are so huge production budget and so well wrought. And I'm just like, so you know, the companies are paying big money to promote an image and because they know that she appeals to this demographic of uh, 14 to 25 year olds. I don't know. I don't know. Just, I, I'm just saying, I, I you know, like maybe if, if it were a different artist with a different image, there wouldn't be as much promotion and budget yeah. or anything they do. Yeah, the way, the way artists make money now is not through selling their album. The album is the promotional stuff to try and help them become famous so that they can get licensing through products, they can sell products, they can go on tour because they can still make money off tour, obviously. But the bigger you get, the more expensive those tours become. Right. And what? Okay. So not to make it all about Taylor Swift, but what if David Usher? Re, what if David Usher re-released this album? Re-released it just as is because he wanted to sell it from his own label. Did we hear about this? Did you hear about the Taylor Swift controversy around her? So she never owned all of the rights apparently to her first six or seven right. albums. So now what she's doing is literally re-recording those albums verbatim and then re-releasing them with the hope that apparently her fans will repurchase them and support her so that she can have her own creative license or go forward with, you know, licensing the song out to a big blockbuster feature and get all the royalties. And to what I when I say that is bitch, you rich enough already. She's born rich. Taylor Swift like, Taylor Swift was born on third base. We don't need to get bogged down in Taylor Swift. Okay, but now that you say that one album that Taylor Swift sold 1.2, David Usher overall, I think from all of his albums, have sold 1.4. <laughs> yeah, Usher has sold more than 1.4 million albums. I don't know. It's throughout his whole musical career. Oh my god. That can't be right. Like, I don't know, it says, I'm just reading Wikipedia. Throughout his musical career, Usher has sold more than 1.4 million albums and had several number one singles. Yeah, well, you know what? It's not all about, it's not all about money, okay? So how many young women and gay men <laughs> did he make moist? That's really the question. Bless. I was a boy scout for that. so many years because of this man. It's just such a different ballgame in Canada because they don't, a lot of the, I, I know a lot of the 90s uh, rock bands that I love never cross the border, whereas now, like, there isn't a border, but you're also not going to the store to buy the album. Mm, COVID. Uh, Angie, I have some David Usher trivia for you. Oh my god! Okay. Okay, so a couple of them you've already kind of touched on. So I, I went from sort of, I think, pretty pretty goddamn easy for you to maybe a little harder. Oh my god. There's not that many questions, and then I have a fun bonus one that has nothing to do with David Usher. Okay, I'm nervous because I said I knew everything. Go. 
All right. No Wikipedia, no Google trivia challenge. All right. When is David Usher's birthday? Uh, it's just because I just looked before April 24th, uh, 66. Correct. Name three places David Usher has lived. That's okay. I spoke over you. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. With David Usher's birthday, April 24th, 1966. And she got that one. Name three places David Usher has lived. Oxford, England, Kingston, Vancouver, Malaysia. That's four. Vancouver wasn't one of them, but you did get three of them. Okay. He lived in <laughs> Vancouver. That's where the band New York. Formed. I have New York, Thailand, England, Malaysia, Kingston. Moist was formed in Vancouver. Oh, anyway. He went to Simon Fraser University for political science. <laughs> That was literally the next question. Oh, guess who else in political <laughs> science? Oh. David Usher has a degree in in what in what from what university? Simon Fraser University. Um, did I do political science because of David? I don't know. <laughs> like I said, I thought you might get you probably get most of these, maybe all of them. How many Juno Awards has he won? For those of you that don't know, a Juno Award is the Canadian Grammy. Uh, like with Moist. In general. Oh God, five. Uh, I have two. Okay, that's terrible. And bonus question: He's been nominated for a bunch. How many? Bonus question: How many has he been nominated for? Nine. Ten. Pretty close. Here's where it starts. Here, here's there's. I, I think I only have one one more David Usher, David Usher based question. How many big shiny albums feature a moist song? Three. You think three? <laughs> I think two. Big Shiny Tunes. Yes. A, a moist song. For those of you who don't know, Big Shiny Tunes is a compilation CDs put out by Much Music in Canada, and they were they were big fucking. They were shit. bangers. They were, they were the best they compilation big that anyone ever put together in the history of the world. We should do an episode <laughs> on Big Shiny Tunes. We have discussed it. Yeah, we've definitely discussed it. Okay. In '98, if you didn't have a Big Shiny you, Tunes, that's, you were you were not my friend. That's, that's true. That's a true story. The library had Big Shiny Tunes albums. But Angie, how many I got them from the Big library. Shiny Tunes albums? Um, how many Big Shiny Tunes albums did has David Usher slash it's moist? It's only moist. Has how many Big Shiny Tunes has moist? Okay, been? I'll say three. The answer is four. They had uh, Ophelia on Yay. Big Shiny One. They had Breathe on Big Shiny Four. They had Push on Big Shiny Nineties, and they had Silver on Big Shiny Nineties Volume Two. Okay, I don't know Big Shiny Nineties. I don't know those. <laughs> and also, uh, yeah, that's the answer. It's an interesting choice. I don't think it's one of their banger hits. I mean, I love that song. Am I naming? I'm surprised. No resurrection. I know. I mean, am I naming my child Ophelia? Yeah, uh, none of your business. <laughs> Ophelia Usher. <All> right. <laughs> Ophelia Usher. Whatever. Whatever the last However, name we choose to carry on with. Yeah. Enjoy that fight. Yeah. That was unpleasant. Um, Rob, you're not allowed to chime in because you'll know the answer to this, but I'm interested to see if Angie knows the answer to this. This fictional 90s Canadian pop star had a fictional smash hit with the song Let's Go to the Mall. Fictional 90s character Canadian? Yeah. Fictional 90s character. Fictional 90s Canadian pop star had a fictional smash hit with the song Let's Go to the Mall. Do you have any hints? from a television show. Like, I'm trying to think of, I can only think of, like, Degrassi and Ready or Not as, like... Way, way more recent than that. Oh, God. No, I have no idea. Tell me. It is the character Robin Sparkles, who is played by Colby, Kobe Smutters, Smulders, in How I Met Your Mother. Oh, okay. Probably seen the meme. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would have never got that. That's good trivia. Great. I, I really enjoyed that. Oh, thank you. I didn't think you'd have, like, which 80s song do you prefer? I liked that, too. But I, I was... liked this or that, yeah. 
I was considering doing uh, this or that David Usher versus Moist songs, but I decided to go trivia. Oh, I love it. You'd be like, choose. I think I nailed (laughs) the trivia. You did pretty well on the trivia. You answered some of them before I I even asked them. You were like, I have some trivia. I'm like, 1966, Simon Fraser University, political science. His father is Jewish Montreal. His mother is Thai, (laughs) an artist. His father... I love the trivia. I like the pressure being on. I yeah, think totally. we should have music like, Jeopardy, <laughs> like All right, so that that was my David Usher trivia. Oh, I Fun love time. it. Thank you. Well, thank you guys for letting me make you listen to an album that has basically disappeared into the past, but is a different sound for our David as we know him? Yes, definitely. I, I'd never heard anything that's stripped down by him. The only allowing... Oh. I was just going to say, I, I want to thank you for allowing the little songs to uh, take up the place <laughs> of my heart. Want, want. I was going to say, yeah, it was cool to listen to. I didn't really connect with it. I, I do like Moist and, and stuff. I struggled to connect with this. My other notes are Forest Fire sounded sort of very Moist-like to me. Mm-hmm. It was one of my preferred songs on the album. Uh, Baby Skin mm-hmm. Tattoo, again, talking about circumcising himself. It's a hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> F, F train in a million. Uh, I have like, yeah, F train or whatever. I just, is like, uh, and million. I just like, they sound the same. And by now on the album, the ever present finger picked acoustic guitar is getting a bit old. Mm. And then uh, mood song. I have a song I really quite liked. And finally, something that sounds really different. Interesting. I thought in F train, all I could hear was, uh, I was James Taylor. I hear a lot of James Taylor mm. in F train. Kind of that very smooth, like, Oh, I just remember hearing like, oh, that's so funny because my lo- mom loves James Taylor and now I'm listening to like, I yeah, totally yeah. That. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Also, Forest Fires, yeah, I, I, I was surprised Forest Fires was on this album because I actually associated that song with Moist oh, okay. as well. That was the lounge music one I didn't like. It starts off sounding yeah. like a lounge it does. song. And then it's another hard cut into an acoustic guitar. Yeah, yeah, that was a hard. Yeah, I think I think it's a really cool project. I took a look while we were chatting, and he didn't produce the album himself. He had a few other people help him, and their names are off my screen now, so they know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> After what I've said, I don't really want to start naming. I'm names. talking to you. <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't. No, name names. It's, it's gone from my. It's gone. Actually, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I have it here, but it's not. It's not worth it. I think it's. I don't know. It's cool. I didn't. I had no idea that this was him. Just like having a go at it in his house. I think that's really cool. He's so hot. Just having a diddle, kitchen diddle. He is fuck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I'm happy for both of you. Can I do that on a podcast? Um. So, does anyone have any final words? Yeah. So I would say that if you are interested in in getting to know David Usher, that you should start with Moist and maybe make your way over to this solo album. I don't think this is a really good introduction to him as an artist. I think you'll miss out. Moist has a lot of really great songs. They have a lot of really great albums. And if you like that and you want to go further into David Usher's repertoire, this is a cool album. If you like like stripped down albums, if you like stuff that sort of sounds lo-fi, if you are looking for half an hour to challenge yourself on a musical album that maybe you never would listen to otherwise, it's not a bad choice. Um, The songs aren't bad. I would just say that they're a little more difficult to connect with. And unless you're in the mood for 30 minutes of acoustic guitar, it's not the album for you. But David Usher is a great artist. I have very little to no thoughts about his appearance. I feel that that's been covered by my co Well, then apparently but... <laughs> you're blind. <laughs> apparently I'm missing the point. I think as an artist, he's great. Yeah. 
And definitely, if you're interested in in learning about David Usher, go for it, but start with Moist. Agreed. Robert, do you have any final thoughts? Well said. I concur. I think that an introduction to David Usher, this is not, but I would highly recommend people listen to Freakster and St. Lawrence River, because to me, those were the best recorded songs on the album, and I thought they were beautiful. And uh, I would just say that, you know, given that he has had the vaccine now, if we made out, you know, or if like we swapped fluids in some way, I would feel safe. It would make me feel safe because his music makes me feel safe and, and holding him well, special and safe. David's <laughs> music has always made me feel safe. We will be tagging him on Instagram when we post it. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Oh, that's a big sip bro (laughs) (laughs) so yeah what's the plan for next week rob you coming back you want to make a suggestion should i suggest something rob you want to come back anyway what do you what do you guys want to do unless angie you need to gush about david usher some more oh yeah give me 10 just give me 15 seconds to gush about david usher i all right not only did I have the email address Moiskel, I also changed my name to Usher for a while. I also had the email address like Angie Usher at whatever. I went deep. I went deep. This was my first love. This was my first celebrity crush that was so close because he was in Montreal. Some people fall in love with a big American international you'll never see. He was like right there and I've always had a little obsession with him and we've gone through breaks and whatever but he just seems like a total beautiful spirit and that's it and scene and I think Rob's picking an album and scene my okay. I'm put, I've, my diapers done beautifully said <laughs> we gotta change the <laughs> I love David the, the diaper is full oh my god yeah do you want to pitch an album yeah. for next week um, if I'm invited back, which I think more than never, I, um, I think, you know, I could say that my, okay, so my recommendation, and uh, this is really weird, this band is defined as Oh, it's going to be terrible. I can't wait. And <laughs> it's really, it's really obscure. And I just love this album so much. It's my favorite album by this band. They've had like a dozen albums over the past 20 years. Um, the drummer is fucking incredible. Okay, Rob, you're already drummer. going into Rob, the next episode. You're starting the next you're episode. starting the next episode. Just give us the... <laughs> Just give us the album and get it over with. All right. So the album is called Offend Maggie by Deer Who. Offend Maggie? That is all. Yep. Offend Maggie by Deer Who. Great. 2009. Okay, cool. Definitely haven't heard of it. We'll send it to Steven, see if his, see if he has any thoughts. <laughs> and yeah, should we call it there? I love Did you guys listen to anything else cool this week? Um what did I listen to? <laughs> Sorry, I derailed it. We can just go. <laughs> no. I don't I didn't I don't think uh, I was listening Sorry to about oh, it. let's end scene. <laughs> I listen to lately a lot of uh I, I often listen to a lot of metal and angry, angry music, and I think that speaks volumes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's 
I didn't actually listen to the album that much because I've heard it a thousand times. So I was like actually listening to other stuff the whole time, which is why this is glorious that I can't come up with anything. But I had most of this <laughs> week off, like I've had this week off so far. So I've been hitting my podcasts hard. Alan Cross, I love you as well. Got to catch up on him. Got to catch up with Alan everyone. Yeah. So I actually haven't listened to a ton of music. So I don't know what's happening with me. And scene. You can cut it out because no one gives a fuck. <laughs> it, it fell flat. It fell flat. So we will cut it here. Thanks so much for listening. If you're still here at this point of the episode, at the very tail end, Rob, thanks for coming. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for the suggestion. We'll catch you back next week. Came a few times listening to that album. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. And I hope you come back. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Life to Labyrinth podcast. Theme music by Devin Rose. Find Devin on Bandcamp or any streaming service. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Life Number Two Labyrinth.